You are Locked On Browns, your daily Cleveland Browns podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, everybody, and welcome again to your Thursday edition of Locked On Browns, your Thursday edition of Locked On Browns is brought to you by rockauto.com. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need, rockauto.com. I am your host, Jeff Lloyd, at Jeff underscore LJ underscore Lloyd on Twitter for the show at Lockdown Browns. Follow back account. DMs are open, as you guys all know. We're going to sit down in segments two and three, and we're going to talk with Pete Smith. Uh, A lot of... Talk, obviously, with the rookie class here, but there's going to be something big this year. We have not seen a lot of growth over the last few years of rookies into their second year with the Browns due to coaching staff, changes, new systems, but there's going to be some continuity here in year two for your 2020 rookie class, and a lot of those players are going to make a tremendous jump. Make sure... You are listening to Locked On Browns on Spotify, on Odyssey, subscribed, following, five-star ratings, written reviews, all that good stuff. And to my folks who listen on Apple Podcasts, hey guys, it's been way too long and it is glad, I am glad, and it is great to have all of you back. So a funny story here. Um, This morning, you know, Every morning, you know, usually through the Locked On Browns Twitter account, I send a basically a, a request <laughs> for a life vest to Apple Podcasts and nothing in return from them. Um, we as a network have been trying diligently to get them to try to fix the issue or identify the issue, rectify the issue. Um, other shows outside of the NFL network are affected, uh, but obviously it was Locked On Browns the Locked On Cardinals show, Alex Clancy, uh, Bo Brack do a fantastic job over there. Uh, Locked On Rams, Sosa K does a fantastic job over there. These guys were down just as long as I was, you know, since April 22nd. Um, so I get a DM to the Locked On Browns Twitter account. And I'll tell you right now, I would sit here and I would sing his praises and I would say everything about him. You know, I would maybe, you know, comment on his dog, but he, you know, essentially asked to somewhat be anonymous. So I get the DM and, you know, hey, Jeff, you know, what's the issue with the show? You know, I saw a couple of tweets here. You know, maybe I can be of some assistance. I said, okay. I've had other people try. Um, And then I explain exactly what the issue is. And then it's, oh, okay, never mind. There's not much I can do. Um, So I let him know basically what our speakings with Apple had been back and forth. Um, you know, basically what we were saying was wrong that we see on our end and what the response is that we have been getting back, you know, from Apple in regards to what they felt the issue was. And he says, all right, let me look into it. Let me see what I can do here. I didn't really think much of it. Um, and I'll be honest, this was, I, I do believe the first DM exchange I had with this person. Um, and again, people wonder why I leave the DM accounts open. You never know when you're actually going to need them. Uh, I get another DM back in about 10 minutes. I think I know what the issue is. Give me a few minutes here. Uh, Let me play around here and get this right. But I think I can rectify it. 
So I start to get a little bit excited. Uh, somebody thinking that maybe they could actually fix the issue and fix it, you know, relatively quickly. It's been 29 days um, that it's been an issue with Apple. So to actually hear that this is something that can be fixed in possibly 10 minutes, I'm ecstatic. Um, I'm sitting there with my fingers crossed. I'm praying in novena for God's sakes. Um, Cause at first it doesn't seem like, you know, how could this possibly be fixed in 10 minutes when there's people at Apple who are paid to do this. This is literally their career. This is what they are paid to do for a living. And after 29 days, they still can't figure the issue out. 10 minutes goes by, 15 minutes goes by. Another DM comes in, Jeff, I think I got the issue. I, I think I've got it figured out. So that's when I started to tweet about it through my personal account. Um, and saying, you know, and then retweeting through the Lockdown Browns account. Hey, guys, you know, try and update this out of the other thing. Uh, he did send another message, you know, mentioning, hey, maybe if you uh, unsubscribe, resubscribe, that may reboot the issue. It sounds like for some people it did do that. For me, I had to, I unsubscribed, resubscribed, wasn't doing anything. Then I heard of mentioning of maybe deleting it from the library and basically starting it like it was the first time I was following the podcast ever. I do that, and all of a sudden, bam, everything is back. So after 29 days, and look, I'm, I'm not going to lie. It was tough sometimes to sit down and record these shows. Um, I, you know, whatever you know, podcasting app you use to listen to the show, I am extremely, extremely appreciative. And I honestly don't care what app you use. I don't care if you have a preference. If you're going to tune in, I'm all the more thankful. Um, but the fact of the matter is, is that Apple and whether it's, you know, through, you know, MacBooks, whether it's through, um, you know, your watch, whether it's through your phone, um, and Apple does have a couple of, you know, smaller, uh, you know, podcast apps. I do believe that Apple affiliated, Apple is two thirds of the listening off uh, listening audience of Lockdown Browns. So to not have that it was brutal doing some of these shows and knowing that it wasn't going to get to people and everybody, oh, we'll just tell everybody. Well, I don't know who subscribed to Lockdown Browns. How do I get in touch with them? I don't know how many people who listen to Lockdown Browns also happen to be on Twitter. Um, I have no way of communicating these people. I'm getting negative reviews on my show on Apple. No, I'm doing the show. You just can't get it. Um, and it's not my fault. Uh, I'm here day in, day out, still pumping it out like I always do. Um, so it made it really hard. You know, I mean, you, you know me, I'm normally upbeat. I'm very excited when I do these shows. Um, but knowing that it wasn't going to be able to get out to, you know, two thirds of my listening offense, uh, audience was, was crushing. It was, it was just, you know, it was like a gut punch. And I mean, you know, just seeing those shows come up and seeing, you know, the response from everybody and then seeing the amount of downloads that were coming through for so many people who had missed a month's worth of Locked on Browns. Just a really, really good day. Um, and he asked to be identified as a longtime Cleveland Brown fan. That's all he asked. My man, I cannot appreciate you enough. As much as I love doing this, this is also a job for me. This is also part of you know my monthly cash flow, how I take care of my wife, how I take care of my daughters, how I pay my bills. Um, and it's predicated on downloads. It's just the facts. Um, so having being blocked from such a large part of my listenership it was difficult, but I cannot thank you enough, longtime Cleveland Brown fan. You are my ambassador of Quan. So we're going to sit down with Pete Smith. And like I said, we're going to talk about the sophomore class and a lot of big jumps coming for these players. 
and just more and more that should aid to hopefully an incredible 2021 NFL season for your Cleveland Brownies. RockAuto.com is a family business serving auto parts customers online for 20 years. Shop the RockAuto.com auto and body part catalog and you can see parts from hundreds of manufacturers. The RockAuto.com is unique and remarkably easy to navigate even if you're an amateur. Quickly see all the parts available for your car and truck and choose the brand's specifications and prices you prefer. Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your vehicle right locked on in their how did you hear about us box so they know that the folks here at Locked On sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need, rockauto.com. And we are back. Uh, obviously, everybody uh, you know gave you a little uh, mea culpa on uh, you know, how we found our way back to uh, Apple Podcasts. And again, longtime Cleveland Browns fan, as he will forever be named. Uh, again, huge, huge thanks. Uh, and just, you know, obviously thrilled to be back to more than two thirds of the listening audience. And um, it did not take the McDonald's challenge to get the show back on Apple Podcasts. Much to the dismay of our guest from Sports Illustrated's Browns Digest, Mr. Pete Smith. Um, Pete, there's been so much talk, and, you know, obviously this is, you know, with the new rookie class coming in, with rookie camp, you know, everybody's excited about, you know, the newbies. Um, but unlike years past, um, this is a situation with this team, and, of course, this is because of the fact you were continuing with your defensive staff. You are continuing with your offensive staff. We haven't really gotten an opportunity to see this with any rookie class the last few years from year one to year two. And you talk to so many people who cover the NFL and they talk about you know how important and how big that transition usually is from players from year one to year two. Jedrick Will Jedrick Wills obviously you know was the starting left tackle for the Cleveland Browns last year. You know, I'm not sure, you know, we expect obviously Jedrick to improve. But I don't know if he necessarily falls in the line of what I'm trying to do here. Uh, you know, players, you know, all of these rookies, you know, had their time last year. And we'll continue with the offensive side of the ball here. And, you know, obviously here in segment two, uh, you know, whether it was Harris, Harrison Bryant, your first selection on day three, there were times he obviously looked the part of a receiver. There were times where he was struggling a little bit as a blocker, which is certainly understood and which is one of the biggest transitions for a rookie tight end to make and the fact that he still had some body transformation to do uh you know nick harris there were opportunities where nick harris got to play got to start there was some good there was you know maybe some not so good but again somebody you weren't truly expecting to start you know at as a rookie with the offensive line the black the browns had in place donovan peoples jones uh there were certainly some highlights you know whether it was you know the cincinnati game winning touchdown whether it was the perfectly executed double route to scorch and to and I mean again scorch a defensive back down in Nashville for a 75-yard touchdown. The importance of this, Pete. I mean, these players are now coming in more confident. They know the playbook. They've had some taste of success. As much as the Browns have, you know, offensively, not so much, but we'll get to you know defense in segment three here. 
this is big because, you know, everybody thinks of these players, you know, basically as what they were as rookies. But there should be a maturation and growth for all three of these guys on the offensive side of the ball. Now, again, not counting Jedrick Wills as they go into year two. Well, Harrison Bryant, uh, it, it's it's about physical acclimation. I mean, that's that's that period of uh, figuring it out at tight end where it's not easy. You, you have to go from being arguably the most physically dominant player on the field to being any f- completely furthest thing from it because now you have to be able to potentially block down on a 29-year-old defensive end who's trying to pay a mortgage and get open against linebackers and safeties. Uh, there's just so much there in terms of responsibility and what you're being asked to do at a high level consistently that it's, you know, it's, it's not easy to learn it, but it's also difficult to sort of, you know, improve at all of those things. So he's always going to be a little bit of a disadvantage because he's shorter than most inline tight ends. He's probably always going to be more suited to be a uh, stretch, you know, flexed out wing type guy. It's not to say he can't do it, but he's just better suited to those things. So he can usually get a little bit of a head start or they'll, you know, they'll pull him uh, before he has to make a block, but going out in space and, and just beating those players, it's, it's difficult. And obviously the, uh, the pandemic off season was a, a, a challenge for all those guys uh, for any number of reasons, but you also just sort of hit that rookie, rookie wall uh, with, with, it's associated with that. You're not playing 10 or 12 games. You're suddenly having to play 16. So the, the physical challenge just goes up more and more. He, he missed time for COVID. And with any of these guys that, that dealt with that, you just don't know where they're going to be when they come back. So that may have most likely had an impact on him sort of wavering down the stretch a little bit. Not to mention that, you know, David Njoku stepped up and played a lot better. So those two things sort of dovetailed into each other. I, you know, I don't know. I think I think people are getting putting the cart in front of the horse with him in year two in terms of, you know, trying to load him up with potential targets and receptions and all this. He's obviously going to have a role. They, they used him in games, like you mentioned, the Cincinnati Bengals game. He came up huge. Uh, in a number number of areas over the middle of the field. He had a share of touchdowns. If he can just do what he did last year and do it more consistently, he will be a nice player for this team. If he gets better and has that level of consistency, then then you really have uh, another good weapon in a tight end room where where, we're expecting the entire group to get better. So he probably has – the most difficult time sort of getting used to the, the, the NFL and, and, and everything that it takes to be consistently good. Uh, but I mean, you, you take that and you contrast it against a guy like Donovan Peoples Jones, who physically is very impressive. Uh, he has a lot to offer. And for him, it's about the finer thing, you know, finer touches on the game, nuance, route running. And if he can do that, then he's going to just continue to grow and grow and grow. He only played 25% of the snaps last season, and some of that was actually higher 
than maybe you would have expected just because of the yep. Beckham injury. But he, he, oh, he's going to have his chance at camp to sort of make the case that he needs to be on the field even more. Uh, and, you, you know, if he, if he is giving them a little bit more of a vertical threat in addition to being big and, you know, being able to go up and high point the ball and just being able to create more separation, then he's going to find himself on the field more. There are people that think he has legitimate start potential. I don't know if I go that far, but he's certainly headed in a positive direction. So, you know, so much of this, you know, the, the season coming into this, it's, it's what's Odell Beckham going to do? Is he going to be healthy? How's that? You know, how that, how, how is Baker Mayfield to, to Beckham going to look? Is Jarvis Landry going to be better than he was last year? Is Austin Hooper going to be better than he was last year? Meanwhile, you've got these guys who are just sort of by the ways and they can really add some extra dimension to the offense, even if it's not to the tune of like, you know, 700 yards receiving. It just happens to be a couple, you know, huge contributions or a game where they take over. And it's it's a great situation to have. And again, this is something we're not used to here because a lot of time with these rookies, you came back, hello, new defensive coordinator, hello, new offensive coordinator, new head coach, new general manager, whatever. But the fact that they are basically, you know, going to run it back, there's going to be more to learn, of course, people. But, you know, these guys come in confident. And, you know, when things start going up on a whiteboard, all right, okay, no problem. Uh-huh, 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 as opposed to, wait, what's that? All right, uh, uh. And this is just allowing these, you know, the, and especially with these guys all being day three picks. And in this situation for this season, look, Nick Harris, you know, I obviously in an ideal world, Nick Harris is not going to play much this year uh, for the Cleveland Browns. Uh, but quickly, Pete, before we start to uh, get ready to uh, switch it up to the defensive side of the ball, who has the bigger year two jump, Harrison Bryant or Donovan Peoples-Jones? Unless the Browns do something, you know, like make a big trade or something, uh, I think it's going to be Donovan Peoples-Jones. I think he has the uniqueness to this wide receiver room. Okay. He, he does. He, obviously, look, I'll, I'll, you know, Anthony Schwartz is is sort of a different dude and what he adds, but you know, he's raw. He's got a lot of questions with his hands, and, and I know people are excited about him, and I think they should be in terms of what he can do to stretch the field. But Donovan Peoples Jones is just something they don't have right now uh, to that can play truly play that you know boundary style receiver across from Beckham that can win up in the air that can, you know, offer the ability to stretch the field more than they've had. I, I think he's going to do more than, than Harrison Bryant will in year, in year two. And that's not because I don't think Bryant's going to grow. I just, I, I think when we watched last year, that was just obviously such a big thing that this team was missing with Beckham's injury. And, and he just wasn't ready for that full load, but when he had opportunities, he made some big plays and, and I think, you know, with with a, you know, hopefully what is a problem-free training camp that has, you know, more of a traditional feel, I think he can get a lot better uh, this year. Keep in mind, I mean, obviously he was working with Landry a little bit last year, but, you know, that's – and all these you – know, we're, we're, we're rightfully praising Landry for helping these young guys out. But I mean, Chad O'Shea is here for a reason. He's a good receivers 100%. coach, and and giving giving the ability to have hands on where you can still 
you know, have somebody like Landry uh, as a sounding board or somebody you can talk to, but having O'Shea to really go through the tape with you because that is his job as opposed to something he's doing out of the kindness of his heart. I think there's just a lot more room to grow from there. And anybody you talked to last year, you know, about Donovan Peoples-Jones and going through the draft process is, you know, do you have the right situation for him? And a lot of it was, was, you know, him regaining his confidence when you're a five-star recruit, you walk into a big-time university. And look, Michigan will always be a big-time football program. Wins or losses, whatever. It, that, that's, you know, neither here nor there. Um, but for him to not actually have the success at Michigan that many thought he would have, you know, you got to basically, you know, rekindle this kid and say, look, you're a world-class athlete. And, you know, the Browns, and it's the best – this is where it's really good for him that he's going to get to be able to in the same situation. He's going to have a year or two with Chad O'Shea. He already knows this offense. He knows Baker Mayfield. And the fact that Baker Mayfield says, look, I've gotten you in key situations and you've come through for me. You know, you walk in there. You walk in excited. You walk in confident. You don't feel like the, you know, bright-eyed, nervous rookie. You walk in like, I'm not fighting for, you know, a piece of the pie. Hell, I want I want two, three slices of this pie. You know, that's just the way he should come into it. And probably the first time Donovan Peoples-Jones has felt this way probably since, you know, he left high school and, you know, eventually made his way to Michigan. We're going to flip it up. We're going to do the same thing here. We are going to continue with Don't Sleep on the Sophomores here on your latest edition of Lockdown Browns. You Apple, miss, Apple listeners, you've been missed. Baseball season is in full swing, and you can track all the action at Bet Online. Get all the latest news, odds, and info for all your sporting needs, including MLB, NBA, NHL, and all your UFC MMA action. Before the next pitch, head over to Bet Online on your laptop or mobile device and check out all the great sporting news, sign up bonuses, and contest information. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore, as this is your chance to get into the game as teams prep for their runs to the playoffs. Bet online, your online sports book experts. Built Bar, what is your favorite Built Bar? Do you know that Built Bar has nine delicious flavors plus the occasional, the occasional limited time flavor? When you talk to a Built Bar fan, they are definitely passionate about their faves. If you don't know the Built Bar flavors, well, you are missing out. Coconut, coconut almond, cherry, raspberry, mint brownie, peanut butter brownie, double chocolate, salted caramel. So there's something for everybody. Me, I am a big fan of the mint brownie bar. If you haven't tried all the flavors, you can get a mix box where you'll get two of each of the nine flavors, 18 in total. Not only are the Built Bar flavors the best tasting, but they are healthy too. The most of your flavors, 17 grams of protein, only 130 calories, only four grams of sugar, and only four grams net carb. Order today and get that raspberry or mint brownie or whatever your heart desires. Go to BuiltBar.com. Use the promo code, all caps, LOCKED, no space, 15, and you'll get 15% off your first order. Use the promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off. At BillBar.com. Now, Pete, the defensive side of the ball and the highest selected player on the defensive side of the ball for the Browns in the 2020 NFL draft, Camp was trending towards he was going to be a major, major asset. 
they had him lining up everywhere, the slot, deep, playing the safety around the line of scrimmage. And then, sadly, the Achilles blows out, non-contact drill. Grant Delpit, a player, and Pete, I, I still remember, why not Grant Delpit? And you kept like almost kind of like talking me into it, and how in the world is he going to be available in round two? And not only was available in round two, Browns actually traded back a little bit, picked up an extra third round pick, which in this case turned into, if I am correct, I guess it was not the Anthony. Yes, I believe it was the Anthony. Oh, it was the pick they actually traded. The Anthony Schwartz pick was theirs. Um, Jacob Phillips in round three, a pick I was absolutely giddy stoked about, a player I had pegged for them for a, you know, for a early, early point in the draft process when he was available and was able to play. He looked good. There weren't any issues. It, it kind of seemed like it was, you know, I guess a month in, a month out, a month in, a month out for Jacob Phillips. Jordan Elliott as well. But, Pete, now these are with all the additions that were made on the defensive side of the ball, whether with the secondary additions, whether it was Anthony Walker into the linebacker room, with all the additions that have been made on the defensive line, bringing in two edges, bringing in players at defensive tackle position, whether it was through free agency, whether it was a wild card, you know, free agent pickup, I guess free agent pickup of Malik McDowell, uh, whether it was the drafting of a player of Tommy uh, Tommy Togiai, Jordan Elliott, all these guys, you know, except uh, I'm sorry, not all, uh, Phillips, Elliott, Elliott got the most experience. Two players on the defensive side of the ball were drafted higher than him in Jacob Phillips, in Grant Delpit. These are, and I hate to, when you, you talk about Grant Delpit, well, you got an extra rookie. Um, look, he got all the knowledge. He, you know, unfairly, you know, and, and just, you know, due to bad luck, did not get the physical experience. But with all the root, the moves that were made, you know, through the 21 draft, Pete, to, through 21 free agency, you're adding, you know, Grant Delpit, you're adding hopefully a Jacob Phillips for almost 16 games. And you're adding, hopefully, the growth and the potential of Jordan Elliott in a year two. And if you're Joe Woods, man, you just got to be loving life right now. Mm, yeah, so uh, I just don't know what you expect from Grant Delpit. I mean, obviously, he's going to play. Uh, I, I, I just don't know if we're going to get sort of the full deal uh, this year or if it's going to be more like next year or, you know, Something in between. Um, he, he, reportedly, he's ahead of schedule. It's another thing. I don't know what that really means in in, in the case of this particular injury, but I, I'm certainly excited to see him. I, I want to see what they can do with a fully manned safety room. I mean, it's genuinely nuts to me that the Browns went from Ronnie Harrison was the savior of this group to Ronnie Harrison may not be on the field all the time this year. Like, that's how much they've improved. And I, I like Ronnie Harrison. I think he's going to be a w- worthwhile player continually. I just don't know what that's going to sort of look like. Uh, Jacob Phillips, I think he's going to be the starter based on what I saw last year. I think he's going to be the leading tackler of this team. But, but that's right. just me. But, like, I know a lot of people are super excited about uh, Jeremiah Wusu koromoa Jacob Phillips is probably 20, 20 pounds heavier than he is, and he's really instinctive and smart. And you saw it, albeit very short uh, amount of the time in, in last year's season because, because of the injuries. You can see how quickly he sees and goes. I, I think it's far more likely that Jacob Phillips is going to be the will and that 
uh, JOK is going to sort of be in and out in uh, different positions, which could be that rover type position. It could be when they go to more of a passing situation and they keep Phillips on the field and, and JOK is next to him in place of, uh, in, in place of uh, Anthony Walker. But I, I just uh, he's he has that ability to process information at a really high level and understand what he's looking at. And you know, coming into the into his rookie year, it was always it was all about his physical strength and, and how he was going to be able to deal with it. And that's still going to be the question. But after a full off season, I, I have really high hopes that he's going to be ready to go. Uh, I think the team is understandably excited about him. Uh, so I, I expect big, you know, a big year from him. Certainly better than uh, the other linebackers that have been drafted by this team in recent memory. Uh, Jordan Elliott, def- I, I, I cannot stress how difficult it is to be an, a, a defensive tackle entering the NFL. You go from you know going against 20, 19, 20, 21 year old, you know, maybe a couple twenty three year old kids to now two, you know. 25 to 30 year old dudes are trying at, at the same time are trying to drive you into the ground and you're like 21 or 22 <laughs> in the case of Jordan Elliott. That's, that's really di- difficult to do. And and I thought Elliott was reasonably well equipped to come in and play last year, but I think he will be significantly better this year. And and I expect that same incredibly difficult learning curve for Tommy Togi, uh, as young as he is, yep. even with as strong as he is, it's just so difficult I mean, in, in limited just, time as a starter at Ohio State. Yeah, I mean, he he barely played. Uh, he never played 300 snaps in a season. I mean, just in practice, you're going to be potentially dealing with like Nick Harris and and Drew Forbes, who's a freaking man, uh, coming down on a double team, or or you know Drew Forbes and and James Hudson, who's going to be a rookie, and you have to be able to try to hold up against that double team, you know, potentially coming from your side. Like it's really difficult. So. I know there are a lot of people who are sort of down on Jordan Elliott. I, I'm really excited to see what he does with year two. I don't expect him to suddenly become some, you know, super pass or anything. But he's he's going to be a guy who can clog and hold his ground. And I think the experience he had last year is going to prove invaluable for him. And the fact that the Browns do have so much depth up front in training camp is going to be really good for him. So – you know, that's the thing. It's like that's part of the reason I was always sort of very worried about trying to draft young defensive tackles and plug them in because that you know why Sheldon Richardson was so valuable. Uh, they were able to get Malik J- uh, Jackson to help with that, but it's just not an easy deal. So you know, the Browns' answer to that was just get a whole lot of bodies and hope they can find the right combination, which I think is great. Uh, but uh, yeah, I mean that that's it's just not easy to do that and and I expect it to be a little bit of a challenge and a little bit un- uncomfortable but for what the Browns at least what I think they want to do in being able to have Andrew Billings out on the field and put either Jordan Elliott, Tommy Togiai, you know potentially Marvin Wilson next to him or rotating for him is to be able to have two you know clogging bodies that can protect that second line allow those guys to fly around hold up against the run and then put them in obvious passing situations and then you know maybe rushing from the nose like Larry Ogunjobi did and 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 just trying to take away that running lane for the quarterback and, and you know potentially collapse the pocket on him 
you're just there to do your job as opposed to to just rack up the sacks. And I think they have the guys that can do that. So I know there are people who are down on him after his rookie year, and and I, I think so much of that is the nature of the position. And really, you know, the, the the bad news is it can take three years for a defensive tackle to sort of figure it out and get where they need to be physically. Again, I, I think Jordan Elliott might be a little bit ahead of the curve on that front, but that's you know that's a group that bears a lot of watching this camp, both the reserve defensive tackles and then the uh, reserve offensive line, and, and obviously I would extend that to the guys like uh, like uh, Curtis Weaver and, and Porter Gustin and those type of guys. Like where where who's going to be able to sort of break through and showcase something? Or Malik Jackson. I mean, I think the best case scenario for a guy like Malik Jackson is practice squad, but still, th- this is what you're you're looking at in terms of bodies and, and what they can hopefully bring. Um, and, and we'll just do this one quickly here, Pete. And, you know, I had mentioned the other day, you know, I put out, you know, a couple of tweets about Jacob Phillips, and, you know, and most likely leading this team in tackles and everybody, oh, well, J-O-K, J-O-K. Folks, this is a whole new world. And this Browns regime, they are in no way, no situation where they have to rush any of these guys. So, you know, that's what makes it for me a logical one for you know Jacob Phillips to probably lead this team in tackles. It's not a knock on Jeremiah Wusu-Koromoa. I think he's going to be a fantastic player. But the Browns, you know, if they don't think he's capable of, you know, 100% of it, you know, what they think they want to do with him, then it's going to be limited. And that's fine because the long run is you're trying to set this guy up for the best position to succeed long term. Right. I mean, so much of, of what they're doing is bodies, you know, right now, the, the Jacob Phillips is a third round pick. And obviously, you know, you don't love how little LeBron's got out of him, but now he's suddenly reinforced by a second round pick in, in Jeremiah Wusu-Kormo, even though that may be sort of a, you know, a little bit of a, a few different things. Uh, you still have Sione Takitaki, who, who, who grew quite a bit last year and, and hopefully provides some valuable depth. Uh, and situational play behind Anthony Walker uh, that, that makes that group go at a, at a much better level. You still have Malcolm Smith, which could conceivably uh, may end up being a, a, you know one of those final cuts, but if not, it's because he's still a valuable piece to the the, the puzzle. Um, and it's the same with defensive tackle. You've given yourself a lot of options. You know, are are they great? I think. Andrew Billings is is fantastic. I think that was a, an element that this team missed desperately. And I think Malik Jackson is going to be a really good player for, for what the Browns want to do. You know, it, or the, the combination of Jordan Elliott, Tommy Togiai, Marvin Wilson, Malik, uh, Malik McDowell enough to be determined, but at least they've got a lot of different uh, options to throw at the issue and, and see what comes out that, that works for them in, uh, for both now and in the long run. It's going to be a long, long Labor Day weekend uh, for Joe Woods and Andrew Berry and uh, Kevin Stefanski as far as trying to figure out exactly you know, how much and who exactly you're going to be able to keep on that defensive side of the ball. He is Pete Smith, Browns Digest through sportsillustrated.com. Uh, Pete and the team keep pumping it out over there. Sean, Brandon, uh, the podcast, uh, you know, Pete uh, does one with Sean. Obviously, he does a new one now, um, again, with our good buddy, Nicole Chatham. Uh, 
good Lord. I mean, for Pete's sake, uh, the other name was better. Nicole, I'll continue to say that the other name was better. But somehow, for Pete's sake, one, check those out through sportsillustrated.com. Make sure you're following at underscore Pete Smith underscore me personally, at Jeff underscore LJ underscore Lloyd. The show at Lockdown Browns, follow back account, DMs open. And as I mentioned earlier, um, why do you keep your DMs open, Jeff? Because you never know when you're going to need it to be open. And to you know, all our listeners, I appreciate you. And to be able to say welcome back to the Apple Podcast listeners, the Spotify listeners, the Odyssey listeners, and everybody else. Make sure you're following or subscribed to Lockdown Browns. Five-star ratings, written reviews. We are back, baby. This has been your daily delivery of all things Dog Pound. LGB on the LOB. Let's go, Browns.